With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Jack Bartek and Riv with no last name. This is now episode 37 and in today's episode, we're going to talk about Tua's debut, if Miami can make the playoffs, what the, ten- what the Titans lost to the Bengals mean, Desmond King getting traded to the Titans, how the Chargers should build around Justin Herbert, our confidence in the Ravens moving forward, Jimmy G, the Saints, and then we're going to finish it off with NFL Pick'em Week 9. So, if you guys made it this far, you're probably wondering why Jack has a mask on. <laughs> mask up. Got to yeah. wear your mask. Social distance. It's real. What's Kinda, up with it? I like the glasses. This is my uh, new gimmick for this episode because, um, you know, everybody's feeling Hollywood today. You know, you got you <laughs> with the mask. You just came back from your little vacation. So, you know, I had to feel like. A little different but today. you are the only two that have accessories on. I don't have any accessories. I'm on. sorry to hear that. Gotta get on our level. Yeah, I just have the best player in the world on my shirt right now, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, that's another team you're rooting for. You have like 50 teams every year. You're rooting for a team with that color do rag. That's the Jets color. That's not the Eagles green. That's the Jets green. Now you're actually right. This is the uh, Jets green, but no, I'm not rooting for you guys. You're rooting for the Celtics then. I like the Celtics. They're cool. So why you like that team? Aren't they rivals to the to the Bulls? They are rivals, but I like Jalen Brown. Aren't you a Bears fan? I'm not a Bears fan. I like Nick Foles, though, because he's better than that guy in Philly over there. Foles you, you, gold. Wait, wait. Your team has no wins. You got to stop talking about oh, my team go. when your team has no let, wins. Let, let's get this out of the way early this episode. But it's funny because wait, I, wait, wait, wait. I, wa- I don't want to have any wins. You think that's cool that's to say? True. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, but okay. You have, your team has no wins. There shouldn't be yeah. anything that you should say about anybody's team all year. Because your team has no wins. Not really, because we're getting Trevor Lawrence. I'm fine. I'm fine with not having any wins. This is one of the years that I really don't care if we go winless because that I don't want a, the number one pick. That's a very fair point. Like, in all honesty. I don't want to hear that because you didn't want to go winless early in the season. So I don't want to hear that. Because I didn't think Trevor Lawrence was a possibility. I thought that maybe getting a top five pick was a possibility or a top ten. I didn't think getting Trevor Lawrence is going to save you. You're still going to be trash. Well, it's going to take more than Trevor Lawrence. But yeah. Trevor Lawrence and a new coach. Was that three wins next year? It's a lot more than three it's wins. Not a, depending uh, on the coach. Depending on the one. coach. Plus, we got mad picks this, this season and next season. And we got the second most cap in football. People have season. to go play for the Jets. They have to want to play for the it, Jets. People said the same thing about the Dolphins. Look how they're doing. That is true. Worked out pretty well. Yeah, they're okay. Talking about the Dolphins. Tua made his debut yesterday. I'm not sure how you guys feel about Tua's debut. I can just say I wasn't too impressed after seeing Herbert and Joe Burrow honestly be dominant to start their careers. This was a very underwhelming performance for Tua. 
I watched the game. He didn't even have 100 yards passing. Yeah, the Ryan Tannehill dad. He would kill to be on Ryan Tannehill's <laughs> level. But, yeah, like, I didn't really see too much from Tua. It was more of the Dolphins as a collective that really impressed me. And I came away more impressed with the Dolphins as a team than I did with Tua individually. Well, let me say this, though. I, I think that we should be careful blaming Tua for his team playing well, which I saw a lot of yesterday. It's a really great that the Dolphins surrounded him with a great defensive performance, uh, a special teams touchdown. Miles Gaskin ran the ball really well, and they didn't they didn't force him to do too much, which I thought was really smart. Brian Flores is doing a spectacular job with that team, and I thought he did a lot of things really well to simplify the game for Tua. We got to remember he's been out over fifty two weeks now. He's missed a year of football, so coming back in. Game speed is a totally different animal than playing against the practice team. So coming back, I thought they did a really good job. They used the RPO a lot, which he's familiar with from college. They used a lot of short passes. Miles Gaskin cut or was targeted six of his 22 times. So, you know, they eased him into things. It, it wasn't, I think he only took two or three long shots downfield. The one of them that was intercepted or broken up should have been caught by Mike Gusecki. He threw a couple of really nice balls. So even though he didn't blow me away like Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert has, he looked good enough for me to come away feeling confident, especially considering what they've surrounded him with. But do you think it's more than Herbert or Burrow? I'm I'm going to go. This this is probably a rare feat, but I'm going to have to agree with Joel on this one. I, I think I'm more impressed with the – Miami Dolphins as a team. Oh, yeah. I I, I think yeah. Tua was kind of like, they kind of coddled him, kind of didn't let him, you know, get his feathers in. But nonetheless, I can't really defend 93 yards in a game. But at the same time, they got the win. That's all that matters. He's going to get more comfortable during the season. He's Right now, he's nowhere near Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert's level. But, you know, during the course of the season, as they let him fly, they let him get his wings adjusted, yeah. he'll start to show improvement. We'll really get to see how he is. It is his first game, though. Yeah, if we're I, being honest, if this is a Justin Herbert stat line, people would be would be calling him a bust already. Well, yeah, well, people who he, didn't people who didn't watch the game would be saying that. But if you watch it, you could see the Dolphins purposefully didn't want him to go out and have a crazy day. And shout out to the Dolphins, man! That was a good yeah, win. That was yeah. a great win. They beat your Rams. Yeah, and talk about it. Defensively, good. Let me just say, their defense was one of the most fun defensive performances that I've seen in a while. And the way they play, like they had Jared Goff in the pocket looking like he, he was horrible. six to his stomach. He made a four or five decisions that actually looked like You've you were watching those. high school football, like a public school playing against a private school, which is crazy. But when you look at it, they have two really good corners who aren't even playing their best football right now. And it allows them to ma- rely on that man defense and send in a bunch of zero blitz packages, mix up the looks. And Jared Goff, I don't know if he wasn't prepared for it or if he just wasn't handling it well, but he looked lost. You've seen ghosts, man. Back to the topic about Tua. For me, I think it does matter because you're right. They did run a lot of RPOs, but I felt like Tua looked very skittish in the pocket. I didn't look like he, it didn't look like he had a great pocket presence. He looks very slim out there. I mean, this is his first game back. Yeah, but it's just his body figure. He looks very slim out there. And I don't, like, 
quarterbacks like Kyler Murray can get away with it because they have insane speed right. and agility. I don't see that same speed or agility from Tua. When I see him roll out in the pocket and go to his left and try to make a throw, I see defensive linemen catching up to him. I don't see him breaking away from linemen like I do see with Kyler or these other quarterbacks. And he's he's very slim. Like I I don't know. I don't know if it was the best move for them to go with Tua right now. I felt like Ryan Fitzpatrick would have been better. Well, I, they got the I, win. I, I actually agree with you there. I, I, I would agree have too, went but with I'm Fitzpatrick they, a little They long. won the game nonetheless. So, But then again, they've been seeing practice for the first six, seven weeks of the season, I mean, so they know better they, than we do. But they won, they won the game, but because Andrew Van Ginkle <laughs> returned a fumble for a touchdown, that's seven points right there. And Jakeem Grant had a punt return touchdown. That's 14 points right there. So it was nothing that they did on offense that had them winning the game. But you but also got to take into consideration. Did score, though. Yeah, and you also got scored in like the what? It was the first quarter, I believe. Yeah, yeah. that that was the only drive that it was like, oh, you know, this was a good drive. After that, it there wasn't really anything that was impressive. But you got to take into consideration that then in the second quarter they had the defensive touchdown and the punt return touchdown, so they were sitting on a two touchdown lead. The entire end of the first half, third score, third quarter went scoreless, and the Rams didn't start to make a, a pseudo comeback until the fourth. So it, it just plays into that scheme of even in the beginning, they weren't letting him loose fully, it didn't look like. So when you have a two-touchdown lead, I imagine they pull the reins back even more. Uh, Yeah, I, I agree with you. But I just, I don't know. I'm not very sold on Tua. I wasn't really sold on him coming out of college. Really? Yeah, I really wasn't. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I Do you know who they play next week? They probably I I think they play one of the I think they play the Jets next uh, week. They right? play so they play the Cardinals next week. Oh, the Cardinals. That's okay. a good game. That's gonna be a good that's gonna be another test game for them. It's right up there with the Rams, a good team who's okay. also looked bad at some points this season. Then they have the Chargers. Gonna be that Tua versus Herbert matchup. And then the Broncos, the Jets, the Bengals. The Broncos just won, too. The only reason why I'm going to give Tua a pass for this game, because it's his first game. I'm not going to really take it too seriously. But also, the Rams are second in passing yards allowed amongst all defenses. The only defensive ahead of them is Washington. So they're a pretty good passing defense. So I'll give him him some leeway with that. And he had to deal with Aaron Donald, too. Yeah, but I don't really see... Anything groundbreakingly special from Tua that makes me believe in this moment that he's going to be better than Burrow or yeah. Herbert. Here's what I'll say, and you mentioned that you didn't think he looked that comfortable. I agree. In the beginning of the game, he did not look comfortable at all. And on the second play of the game, he takes the sack and fumbles and gives the Rams too good a field position, but. I thought that as the game went on, he looked more and more comfortable. His rollout started to get smoother. He was making smart decisions. So although I agree with you on the point that he didn't show me anything on Sunday to tell me that he's going to be better than Burrow or Herbert, I want to give it a little bit more time before I make that decision because my biggest concern on him coming out of Alabama was his hip. And I think that everybody can agree with that. Before his hip, he was supposed to be what Trevor Lawrence is right now, the next big thing. And then he went down with that injury, and everybody had the concerns. So to see him moving well and making plays 
and just being in the football game and not looking rusty, I thought it was a step in the right direction. And I think that with Brian Flores and what they're building there, he's going to be in the perfect position to succeed as a quarterback. So I'm interested to see his development. If you gave me an option right now to buy or sell his stock, I would buy. So on to the next question. Do you think that they can make the playoffs? I'll start with you, Riv. The Miami Dolphins? Yep. Oh, uh, <laughs> no. So just no, you don't think they can make it? Nah, I, I'm I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay on the same path as I said before. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. I think they can, and I say it because they're the first ranked defense right now. If you didn't know, in terms of points allowed, they're they the first ranked defense. It's kind of weird though because they're 21st against the run in running yards allowed, and 20th against the pass. They allow the 20th most passing yards. But they don't let teams score, which is phenomenal. And you've seen that in the Rams game. Jared Goff was in the red zone. They forced a turnover. Like, they're they're tied second in takeaways with 13th. They're plus four in the turnover differential. The only teams ahead of them are the Browns, Bucks, Steelers, Colts, Seahawks, Titans, and Chiefs. All teams that are going to make the playoffs. Browns are still that team that's up in yeah. the air. But they're probably all going to make the playoffs and some players that I just think are going under the radar radar for the Dolphins, the big signings in the offseason were Kyle Van Noy Byron Jones. and Byron Jones. But those haven't been the MVPs on their defense. The MVPs were the other two signings they made. Shaq Lawson from Buffalo, who, who Buffalo is missing right now because they need a better pass rush. And Emmanuel Ogba from Kansas City. So Ogba leads the team with 11 QB hits. And Lawson has 10 quarterback hits. They both lead the team, both free agent signings. They put a lot of pressure on opposing offensive lines, and they're a big reason as to why they are the number one defense in the NFL. So who are they t- who are you taking out? Taking what do you mean? Taking out of the playoffs? Yeah. They, I, think, I think they have to win their division to make the playoffs. I don't think so. Because the Browns are in the playoffs right now. I think they can finish with a better record than the Browns. You think so? Yeah. I think that right now. The Dolphins are what we thought the Patriots were going to be. And the Patriots are what we thought the Dolphins would be. And I don't see the Patriots trending up. They lost Edelman for an extended period of time. And there's a lot of problems there that they have to fix quickly if they want to make a playoff push. The Dolphins, on the other hand, they're trending up. They're playing the best football that we've seen from them in the last few weeks. They just beat a very good team from the NFC West and the Rams who... That's a, that's a team that a lot of people thought could win their division in the toughest division in football. I shouldn't say a lot of people. Some people thought they could at least win or at least compete for the division. Could be a playoff team in the NFC. That's a great win. And if they could put all the pieces in the right spot, and I think the most important thing for them, and it's unfortunate because it doesn't really rest in their hands, but what are the Bills going to be moving forward? Are they going to keep playing the way they played the last two weeks? Because if they keep playing the way they play... If they keep playing the way they played the last two weeks, they're in trouble with the with the schedule they have. I don't. Out. I don't think so. I think the Bills sitting at six and two right now. The Dolphins at four and three. The Dolphins are going to have to pull off some pretty impressive wins going forward. And I think putting that that defense, like you said, number one ranked in the league, but putting that pressure on Tua to lead that offense and get them into the playoffs. Like right now, they're sitting at AFC. They're tied with the Raiders too. You got to don't forget the Raiders. They're right there with them. So it's going to be tough to see. I just don't trust in that offense to get them that far. The offense isn't bad, though. They're they're the 11th-ranked offense in the, in the NFL. And the offense doesn't have to do 
all that because, like you said, the defense is keeping teams out of the end zone. And I give them a lot of credit for the biggest upgrade they've made, in my opinion, was on the offensive line. Last season, they allowed 58 sacks. It was the most in the NFL. Their line was horrible. This season, through eight weeks, they've allowed 11 sacks, which in a full, over the course of a full season would be 22, which last year was tied for the league best number in sacks allowed. I mean, they're much improved. They signed Ted Carlos, who was a good center from the New England. They got Eric Flowers, who at tackle, he wasn't very good, but when he switched to guard in He's Washington, been, he was, solid he was really good. And they drafted Austin Jackson, I yeah, believe. They haven't even been yeah. fully And he's a really good tackle. Yet. So, you know, they have a good offense, and their defense is playing at a great to an elite level, so that's why I think they can make the playoffs. Xavier Howard is tied for first in interceptions. And he I has four. I don't think that Byron Jones has even been, a, been as good as he can be, as good as we know he can be yet. And a lot of people that, that people are a lot somebody a lot of people are forgetting is Eric Rowe. He's somebody that's really stepped up for the Dolphins. He's a really good safety. And I just want to get into Brian Flores for a little bit. When we look at Bill Belichick's coaching tree, we think of Matt Patricia, Bill O'Brien, Romeo Cornell, um, Joe Judge is one of them, Mike Vrabel, Eric Mangini, Josh McDaniels in his time with Denver. But the best coach that I'm going to bank my money on being the next great coach out of that Bill Belichick coaching tree is Brian Flores. And I think he's going to be one of the few probably with Vrabel that end up being great coaches because all, all of the other ones pretty much for disappointments. You look at what the Dolphins were last year, and at the beginning of the season last year, they were as much of a laughing stock as the Jets are right now, or at least as the Jets <laughs> I mean, have been to start this, this season. The Dolphins were like in their first Five, six games. Yeah. And then they started to turn around, which I think is a huge credit to Brian Flores. He changed <clears throat> that culture so quickly. And granted, they made a bunch of nice moves this offseason. They brought in a lot of talent in free agency and through the draft. But for him to take all that talent in a season that so many teams have been negatively impacted by the coronavirus and you know cutting down training camps and preseasons, for him to take this new group and put them out there, and the fact that we're even having this discussion about them potentially being a playoff team speaks volumes about him. I fear them being in our division for the next 10 years, but they, they made the right move bringing in Brian Flores. So I was just looking at the Raiders schedule. Um, do you guys think, you said they're ranked number 11 to offense, right? Yeah. You think that continues with Tua leading the charge? Yeah, I don't know. It can it can either stay it, I, the same or get better. It really depends because obviously, out from this, first I don't think, game, I don't think that the, I don't think the defense is gonna decline. If it does, it'll probably drop to like two or three throughout the season. But I think if the offense tends to trend downward, then that's when you start to see the team struggling to get wins. That's why. So I'm asking, if, do you think it does? Both of you, um, do you think it does stay 11th? Do they go up? Does Tua make it better? Or does they decline with him. If they can get past the Cardinals next week, even if they don't win the game, if they can make play it a well. dogfight, play well, keep it a football game. I then, don't think they're in a position to play well. I think it's win now. If they if they need to make a play a, a wild card spot, I think they can afford a loss to the Cardinals. Because then I think the most important stretch of their schedule, oddly enough, which is contrary to any other team we've talked about, would be the next four games against the Chargers, Broncos, Jets, Bengals. Because they can that's, win all those games. That's four mediocre defenses. 
all winnable games, games that they can take the reins away and let Tua go. You got to look at the other teams, though. Like, I'm looking at the Raiders, Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs, Falcons, Jets. And that and that's the problem. They're gonna need to. And I didn't even look at the Browns' schedule. I yet. mean, to to get a wild card spot, it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle. It's gonna be a competition. Yeah. But they're not out of it. Like they're going no, to be there. Your question was, do you think they're gonna make? It? I said no. I, do, I don't think they're not. out they of They do have a head to head with the Raiders late in the season, week sixteen, mm. and they have the Bills at Buffalo last week of the season. Mm. It's gonna be really interesting down the stretch. But I think their season will be decided in how they handle Tua in that four-week stretch. Because I think right now you saw him on Sunday <clears throat> easing into the offense. I think next Sunday against the Cardinals, you're going to see him ease into the offense still. But then in four games that they should be able to win against four mediocre defenses, they should be pulling back mm-hmm. the reins a little bit. Let him make plays down the field. Let him start to grow and expand as a quarterback. De- get deeper into the playbook so that when you get to the Chiefs, in week 15 or, or week 14, then, you know, he's ready to go. He can get in a shootout with Patrick Mahomes. And he, even if he doesn't win the game, you know, that's a big confidence boost if you could stay in a game against the Chiefs, who I still consider to be the best team in the league. What I'm, more imp- what I'm most impressed with is not Tua, is not the defense, yeah, how they've been playing, but it's just Brian Flores. When you go up against the Rams and the 49ers, both both teams that are coached by an offensive guru, guru head coach, Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, who their offenses have terrorized NFL defenses for the last couple of years, and Brian Flores' defenses are dominating their offenses, I think that's something to be really impressed with. And people forget that Brian Flores was a defensive coordinator when he faced the Rams in the Super Bowl. I agree. They when they were the number one ranked offense in the league. They destroyed the Niners. That was embarrassing. So next question is, is the Titans loss to the Bengals a big deal? No, I don't. They I, lost two in a row to the Steelers and now to the Bengals. I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a big deal. I feel like every team goes through that one game, you know, that one game where they have like just a loss to a bad team. It's just like a fluke loss. I wouldn't necessarily put it as a big deal until we start seeing more consistent bad losses. But I think I'll just like put it in the back of my mind like it's a note, but I wouldn't look at it as a bad loss. Because every team, every team goes through that. I want to say no. I Part of me is concerned by it because it's not a game they should be losing. But at the same time, it, I would be contradicting myself because I've sat up here every week and talked about how I don't think the Bengals are a cakewalk game. And, you know, if you overlook them, they can give you a fight. Joe Burrow can play. He's got a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, like I said, if you overlook them, they could give you a fight, and I think coming off that loss against the Steelers, the Titans were a little bit hungover, and they got caught sleeping against a team that a lot of people don't realize how much talent they have. And, you know, I, I think that they got punched in the mouth. We're going to have to see how they respond. I think Mike Vrabel is a good head coach. He'll get his guys back on track, and they'll be all right. But it, it's definitely a caution sign up right now. They, they got to turn it around quick. It's not a big deal. And it's not a big deal because the Bengals aren't a bad team. Their record is bad, but they're not a bad team. Four of their losses have came from five points or less, both two times to the Browns, one time to the Colts, and then another time to the Chargers. 
And Chargers are another team who have a bad record, but they're not a bad team. The Bengals, and especially Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is special. And if you have a great quarterback, you can win a lot of games. You can win a game on any given Sunday. The only the only embarrassing loss the Bengals have had was against the Ravens. But going into this game, the Titans, they they had more rushing yards than them. But the main differ, differentiator between the two was that the Titans had 24 minutes time of possession and the Bengals had 35. So the Titans could not control the clock. And that's what they do best, run the ball, control the clock, and don't have Ryan Tannehill doing more than he could, even though he's able to do that. But they're not a team that throws on first down very often, and that puts them into trouble when they rely on Derrick Henry too much. Because what I've started to notice about Derrick Henry is that he'll get you a couple three- to four-yard gains, then he'll break that big one. But it's not he's not consistently gashing defenses for 9 to 15 yards a play it, it really varies with him, and their offensive line isn't that great, especially after losing Taylor Lewan and then Jack Conklin to the Browns in free agency. Their line has really struggled, and it struggled last year as well, pass protecting. But this year, it's struggling run blocking as well. Yeah, and if you remember last year, he had a crazy finish to the season. Oh, dear. But the beginning of the year, he was really inconsistent. I think he only had two or three really nice games. And he didn't turn it up until, like, the yeah, second half yeah. of the season. Mm-hmm. At late in the second half, too. It was, like, week 15, 16, 17 that he had great performances going into the playoffs, and that's what everybody remembers. But he's liable to throw out some stinkers here and there. And, you know, like you mentioned, it, it hurts them. And I'm concerned for them because they have your team, the Bears, next week, and that's another really tough game. So... They got to kick it into high gear. They made a nice move. I know we'll talk about that going out and getting Desmond King for a great value, and he'll help out that defense that's been a little sluggish the past few weeks. But I think they'll be fine, but they do need to turn it around. Did you just call the Bengals a good team? Yeah, they're not a bad team. How? Because four of their losses have come from five points or less against good teams. The Colts are a good team. The Browns are a good team. And the Chargers, they've blown like four double-digit leads. So the Bengals are a good team. They're a, they're a competitive team. They're kind of the like and the Colts are a good team. You don't think the Colts are a good no, team? No, I'm asking like so the Bengals and the Colts are a good team, but one team has like a two and five record, and the other team has a five and two record. Do you think the Bengals are a bad team? I think your record shows who you are, unless it, injuries. I if, if, if if your yeah, team that's is not true at if all. your team, I feel like your record in. The playoffs distinguish what type of team you are. If you're a bad team, you're ten. You're gonna. You're not gonna make the playoffs. Essentially, there's a lot of teams that don't make the playoffs that are that aren't bad teams. Like who? Look at the NFC West this year. Two probably. But their record, their record is gonna show that they're a good team. But you said playoffs. Okay, that's fair. The I mean, Jets, I, the I, Jets, I, ten and six. Remember that year we. You didn't guys make were the a good team though. But we didn't make the playoffs. You said yeah, but playoffs. you had a good record though. They're not. The Bengals aren't gonna have a 500 record. Probably. So, I can bet my money that they're not going to have a 500 record. No, they're not, but they're not a bad team. Like, they're, I mean, they're, I just, they're a solid team. I can't call them a good team if your record speaks differently. They're I, a solid I, they're, team. They're a competitive team. So are, Pan- are the Panthers a bad team? They're negative right now. All right. I wouldn't call I wouldn't necessarily – because you're saying good I, team, and you call the Colts a good team. It's like I can't put them in the same – 
I understand. Yeah, I, I can't understand. put them in the same. Yeah, can, can, I yeah. Can't put them I in feel same like you're just mixing mixing things up because teams can be good, but there can be a different levels to it. It doesn't always have to be like you don't always have to put an exact word or use exact vocabulary to describe a team. But there are some good parts to the Bengals. I mean, their wide receiver, I mean, yeah, I, but you said, their, their receiving I, I core is really good. Yeah, but I wouldn't call their them a secondary big team. is pretty good as well. I mean, they're every single game they've been competitive. That's that's a good team to me. If you can be competitive every single game, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. Like the Chargers, I, the Chargers. You have seventeen a seventeen point lead against the Bucks. They just blow leads, but they're not a bad team. I don't think the Bengals, like he said, they're not a cakewalk. Get that. I, I mean, think I there just, I there are that. very few outright bad teams in the league right now. Like I, the Jets are obviously like a bad. The, it would team. be the Jets, the Jets, the, Giants, the, the Cowboys, the, now, Jaguars, the Jaguars. I think are a bad team. But every other team, most of these teams have bad records because they just they lose if they don't have the ball in the final possession of the game. It's pretty much like that. Like, would you consider the Lions a good team? I consider the Lions a good team, and they're three and four right now. I think they're all right. They've just had some tough losses. I I don't think your your record always reflects what you are. I guess. I just wouldn't put them in the same conversations with good teams. I think at a certain point. But you were over here laughing about the Colts the other episode, talking about how how they won't win the division and they're tied with the Titans right now. Other episode? I didn't laugh at them. What are you talking about? You did. You, you laughed at the fact that the Colts could win the division. Last episode? No, a couple episodes ago. When I talked, uh, uh, when you were like, oh, your pick for the Colts is going to be wrong. Stuff like that. Uh, and now they're tied with the Titans. Because I had the Titans winning the division. No, but you thought that the Colts didn't have a chance to oh, win. Oh, that was like, bro, that was legit like five weeks ago when they were like, it was like, they were like two and two, bro. It wasn't five weeks yeah, ago. They, they weren't five and two. I'm just, I I like, I'm saying, you're saying they're competitive. Colts were never, I don't think the Colts were ever two and two. Well, I, you're saying they're competitive and I get the competitive part, but at what point am I going to keep calling a team that's getting close to winning, but not winning a good team? I'm not going to keep – if you're going to keep being in a competitive game but you're not winning, that's no different than getting blown out. A loss is a loss and a win is a win. What? You're still losing nonetheless. If you lose by five and and you you get blown out, it's the same as getting blown out. It's not the same as getting blown out. It's a loss. No, it's not. What do you mean no, it's not? It's a loss, but it's not the same as getting blown out. Like Me and Jack sit through through Jets games and we know there isn't any hope and the team really Mm. sucks. That there's a difference. That's a that's a bad loss. The Bengals losing to that's the true. Browns by five isn't a bad loss. It's competitive. That's it's true, a competitive game. Still a loss though. I wouldn't. But call football, I, I, get what, I, I get what you're saying. I understand yeah, both I, I get, sides. I get, it. It's I all get about how saying. you define it. Like I get what he's saying, but football is way different than basketball in the sense that in basketball, you kind of have you kind of know which teams are the top teams, and you're like, oh, these teams are bad. These teams are good. Right. In football. A lot of games come down to a couple possessions, a couple plays, a couple stuff that happens. Like when we look at the Dolphins, a punt return touchdown, a return fumble that goes for a touchdown. Like Even these are stuff that don't show up in the stat sheet in the final box score. And you look at the game and you're like, wow, the Rams weren't competitive at all. Right. But it was just a couple plays that separated the score. Even better example, week one, DeAndre Swift drops mm. a wide-open touchdown catching the end and zone. they should have won that yeah, game. It, it, on, in the box score, it reads as a Lions loss, but realistically, they played more than well enough to get the win. And the Bengals blowing a 20-point lead to the Colts. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just levels to it. 
In football, there are so many competitive it's, teams. I still feel like it's still levels, though. You still know who's the top dogs in football. Yeah, no, Same no. with basketball. And, and, you still know who's the top dogs. And don't mistake it. Like, we're not we're not saying the Bengals are a playoff team. We're not saying that that they're on that level. Yeah, but, but they can easily right now be a team that's 500. They can compete with most teams in the league on on their good days, which you never know what you're going to get out of them, but their good days – they can be a really good football team. I'll get that part. Desmond King got traded to the Titans for a six-round pick. The Titans have had defensive problems all year. They're 27th in passing yards allowed. So they needed some secondary help, which is kind of astonishing because they went out and signed Jonathan Joseph. They have Malcolm Butler. But there's still that hole. Is Adoree Jackson still there too, right? He's hurt. Oh. There's still that hole at slot corner that Logan Ryan left. Yep. That void is there, and I think Desmond King is the perfect player to fill that void. Since 2017, he has the highest PFF grade in playing slot, the slot position, at like 91.2. So the Titans are getting an all-pro player in Desmond King. He can return kicks, and he can play the slot well. He can play safety. He can play on the outside. What do you think this does for the Titans' defense as a whole? I think I think it's huge. For them. It definitely helps. You said they were ranked twenty seventh, though. Yeah, and passing yards allowed. That's rough. And you, one of the things you mentioned was the injuries. Another guy, Christian Fulton, who they drafted in the second round, is out in at least another two games. On Sunday, they played against the Bengals, who have allowed a sack in every game they've played. They've allowed Joe Burrow to be sacked twenty eight times, and they didn't sack him once. So overall, it, it's not only the secondary that's hurting, but the secondary hurting causes the pass rush to hurt, and the whole defense just hemorrhages. And to bring in a guy who you mentioned since 2017, highest-ranked corner in football by PFF. pro corner. It's going to be huge for them because it improves the secondary, which in turn improve. We, we just talked about it with the Dolphins. Your secondary creates your pass rush in, in some ways. So to add another wrinkle to that defense, an all-pro wrinkle, is going to be huge. It's just weird to me because... They have the talent to be a good passing defense, like a man defense. Kenny Vaccaro, Just not playing like Kevin it. Byard, Jonathan Joseph, Malcolm Butler. They had Christian Fulton for a couple of games. So I really don't know what's the problem. I think this, it, it was a good move. There was no risk involved. It's a six-round pick. You, nobody really cares about six-round picks. They're kind of like the second-round picks of the of the NBA. Like you, you could just trade them away. But I don't think this really is going to help their defense so much because you don't see he's on the Chargers, and I think the Chargers have a really talented group, and their defense isn't very good, and he's there. It's mostly their defensive line, and Jadavian Clowney, they signed him to be that premier pass rusher alongside Harold Landry. That was a bust. But he hasn't been a great pass rusher. He's more of a run stopper. He's not a pass rusher. And if you can't get to the quarterback then your secondary is going to struggle no matter how talented they are. And right now the Titans can't get to the quarterback and versus the Bengals, it showed. Joe Burrow had a lot of time, but also Jadavian Clowney didn't finish off sacks and Titans players didn't finish off sacks. Joe Burrow was getting loose from a lot of different players and making passes down the field. And that's kind of what we saw from him at LSU, that ability to escape. Mm. But at some point you got to expect a Jadavian Clowney Pro Bowl player to finish off his sacks. Yeah, and Mike Vrabel even said it in this article that I was reading from the Tennessee, and 
He said it all goes hand in hand. The better that we cover makes the rush better, and the better that we rush will only help the coverage. The longer you cover, the better that you cover. Hopefully, the better the pass rush will be and vice versa. So you got to hope that he this all-pro is going to be able to come in, help that secondary enough to get Jadavian Clowney free a little bit more, give him that extra split second to make a play, and hope it opens him up. Because if not, you know, they got some tough games down the stretch. And, and they need, I think that another big thing this does is just injects a little bit of life into them. And, yeah. and you see it in sports. A team is, you know, teetering back and forth. They go out and make that big move, and it injects some life into them. And hopefully for the Titans, it shows they're going in on this team. They, they believe they have a group that can win football games, and they're not afraid to give up picks to win right now. And you got to hope that it could give them a little boost. As they should. Like Joel said, they have the talent. And like you said, like Mike Vrabel said, cognuity. Defensive line, secondary, they have to be together, you know, to play D. They kind of remind me of, like, the Bills' defense, all that talent, not performing the way they should be performing on every given Sunday. This team, like you said, Kevin Bird, Javon Clowney, now they have that. This team should be performing very highly in the defense, Ben, and they got to do it. The Chargers blew another lead. Suckers. I think this is like they've blown so many leads, so they blew an 11-point lead against KC. They blew a 17-point lead against Tampa. They blew a 17-point lead against New Orleans. Do you guys know any Chargers fans? And they blew a 21-point lead I know one Charger fan. You know Charger against fan? Denver. I don't know a Chargers oh. fan. So these are four blown leads that were blown like by double, double digits or more. And my question is, is that, is Anthony Lynn going to get fired? <laughs> and if he gets fired, how should the Chargers build around Justin Herbert to kind of make sure they have a stable organization for him to grow under? It's funny because we, when we talked about Justin Herbert in this segment a couple weeks ago, I said that Anthony Lynn should have that job security. I actually was watching. I agreed because I think they've built a bond where yeah. you don't want to give that up so easily. And not to mention, you know, the Chargers have been hurt. They, they haven't been the healthiest team in the league. And like you said, they've been blowing leads. And I think that's more of a sign of showing that they, when they can get up when they get there. They just don't have the discipline to keep the lead. And that – Starts with the coach and then goes down to the players. And I think you give him another year because him and Justin Herbert are building that relationship. And he's Justin Herbert is obviously showing he has the talent. So you give him another year to get it under their belt and to them to get healthy. And I think you run it back one more time. I disagree with that. I think you need to fire Anthony Lynn after the season is over. Since last year, he's 3-14 and 14 in one-score games. And it's kind of a culture right now that they blow leads. The reason Dan Quinn was fired was because – they kept blowing leads, and when your team blows leads consistently, that culture starts to build up. When you get a lead, you get a little bit uneasy. You don't feel like the game is actually finished, and it's just a whole culture thing. And Anthony Lynn, he has been a good coach. In all honesty, his best year was in 2018 when he went 12-4. and So he's shown he can do it, but as of late, he hasn't. And people thought it was Phillip Rivers when they would blow leads. It, it kind of was because he would throw interceptions late. People thought it was Phillip Rivers. He was a problem. He leaves, and now the same thing is happening. So it obviously wasn't a Rivers problem. And this team is is talented. I, I mean, before the season, I picked them to make the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor. And Justin Herbert is better than Tyrod Taylor. I think this Chargers roster is really talented, and they should be in the mix for a wild card spot. But right now, they're really low in the standings because – 
these leads are blown. I mean, these teams, the Bucks are a Super Bowl contender. I think we can all agree on that. You think the Saints' ceiling is a Super Bowl contender? They they were up by seventeen on both of the, both of these teams. They were up eleven on the Super Bowl champions in KC, and twenty. They were up twenty one on Denver, which they're not a very good team, but they should have still closed that one out. Absolutely. So it's obviously a culture problem. I think Anthony Lynn should go, and Justin Herbert. What coach wouldn't want to go coach a guy like that? Like if Eric Bieniemy is on the open market and they can get an Eric Bieniemy, huh. why wouldn't he want to go against the Chiefs, ironically, and try to teach Justin Herbert some offense, and they could really make a crazy duo? Well, hopefully for the Jets' sake, the Chargers don't fire Anthony Lynn in that case because that's the guy I want for the Jets' job next year, Eric Bieniemy. Mm. But I like Anthony Lynn. I, I think he's a solid head coach. I just don't think it's working out here. And, you know, maybe he's not a head coach. You look at a guy like Todd Bowles, who's with the Jets. He did a solid job, but he just wasn't good enough to get them over the hump. And now he's gone to New Orleans, or not New Orleans, Tampa Bay, I apologize. And he's done a great job there as a defensive coordinator. Maybe Anthony Lynn needs a change of scenery, a role change. One thing I do think they need to do, and I want to give a shout-out to the Chargers fans for this one because they were all in our comments on our last Justin Herbert video, him versus Joe Burrow. Pep Hamilton who's the quarterback coach for the Chargers, has created a really good bond with Justin Herbert. I, I overlooked that. I'll admit it. I overlooked that in that video. But now that I've read into it, I think he's a guy that should be kept around even if they purge the staff because you look at how well Justin Herbert has played this season and you need a little bit of that continuity. And I think that's really important for a young quarterback to develop in a system. And I think that keeping a guy like Pep Hamilton around would be good for him. But I do agree it might be time to move on from Anthony Lynn. And I don't want to sound like a guy who's flip-flopping on my takes, but, you know, it's been a consistent thing now that they've been blowing leads. It's a concern. And and with me, you know, I, I texted you earlier to watch the Chargers game with Justin yeah. Herbert because the second interception that he had wasn't his fault. You look at the box score, you're like, oh, three touchdowns, two interceptions, he didn't nah, play his he, best he game. great. But that second interception, Mike Williams just got the ball ripped by Bryce Callahan, and he ended up with interception. Kind of like the same thing that Josh Allen had a couple weeks back when he got intercepted. It, it wasn't his fault. Justin Herbert, he had one bad pass that, that did was an interception, but the second one wasn't his fault. Like He played great the entire game. They should have won that game. Their offense is doing it week in and week out, and Justin Herbert is finally getting the taste of what it feels like to lead an offense and then being being let down by your defense because they can't stop the opposing offense. He he really did look good though. When you watch, the, like you said, you look at the box score, you think, oh, uh, you know, he, maybe he didn't play enough to get the win. He looked really good for another week. I mean, he's consistently looked solid this entire season. He was a beast. I've been really impressed by him, and, and I think I didn't even think he was going to. Play. Yeah, a point that you've made is that he was misused at Oregon. I and thought we was going to be arguing about Tyrod Taylor all year. Yeah, and a, a, a lot of people, you know, I watched tape on him from Oregon, and there was some stuff that there were some red flags, but he has come into the league, and he's been really impressive. And I think that the Chargers have a chance here to not only build around him for the future, but to win on his rookie deal, which is something that the Chiefs took, uh, the Chiefs took advantage of with Patrick Mahomes and his rookie deal winning this past Super Bowl, and something that I believe, granted they'll have to get through the Chiefs in their own division, I think it's something that if they 
maneuver correctly mm. the next few years, oh they can take advantage Ooh. of. That's a big take, man. It's a hot take. That's why I'm surprised that they I traded Desmond King. Yeah, I don't know about a Super Bowl, but I think they can they can be a real competitive team and, and make a run in that it's not division. Not just the Chiefs. You got Lamar yeah. and them boys yeah. in Baltimore. It's gonna be tough. Talking about Lamar, <laughs> they they just lost to the Steelers. I mean, you segued right into it. How confident are you that the Ravens can compete for the Super Bowl? They just lost their best tackle, Ronnie Stanley, for the year with an ankle injury. So how confident are you on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 to 10? Where is your confidence meter on the Ravens making the Super Bowl? I'm at 5. Oh, making the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm at like 4. Yeah, I'm make, at like 4. Make, making, just making the Super Bowl. Or being a Super Bowl contender. Just making, just making it. it. I'm at like a 4.4. 4. 4.4. I think because the, the two teams they lost to – are the other two teams that are the best teams in the AFC. So you can't, like, I can sit here and say, oh, I don't think they're going to make it because they've choked against two, but it's the Steelers and the Chiefs. They lost a great team. So it's like, but I, I don't think, I don't think Ronald Stanley, I think that's going to be a huge loss. Yeah. Huge loss. And they still don't have receivers. Like, yeah, they got Daz. Okay, but like we said before, we don't know what he's going to be. So they still going to have trouble. Lamar Jackson's still having struggles. People have figured him out. They're turning him into a pocket passer, and it's not looking really good for him. So I'm at like a 4.4 right now. I'm going to say like a 6. But on the lower, like I'm leaning more towards a 5 than a 7. Say 5. Just because I think that, like you mentioned, the only two teams that they've lost to are the two other competitors really in the AFC. For a Super Bowl, in my opinion, you know, that's the three. You could make an argument for the Titans as a fourth team that can compete for a Super Bowl. Those would be the four, though. Those are are the four teams. And I'm not going to hold that against them, but when you look at it, I just... Lamar Jackson, I love him. He has so much to I I love him. Lamar Jackson, I think, is a special talent. But, like, (laughs) it's a problem when you say... And I was talking to one of my friends about this, and he said, I feel okay with Lamar Jackson beating me with his arm. Yeah, And that's a, a concern that. when you get into playoff football. Like, he's a special talent, but he's not. He's just a good quarterback when it comes down to like. No, I get what you're saying. You, you, I agree. You hear I agree. what I'm saying? And I don't want this to be taken as Lamar slander because I love him. And he deserved the MVP last year. I think he's been great for the Ravens, the role they've been using him, but – when it comes down to it, you're playing teams like the Chiefs and the Steelers right now, and you know you look back at the Super Bowl. You got to be able to make plays with your arm, make make those great throws. And Lamar hasn't really shown the ability to do that consistently yet. Before you go, and and, and it's concerning. Before you, go, I just want to say, people. I feel like people made they made too much of a jump when they started saying he was so much better than Michael Vick because yeah, we've seen crazy. Michael Vick that's with crazy. his arm. That's was, crazy. The reason why we called we the reason why Michael Jeff, Michael Vick was so praised because not only could he run Lamar's a better runner but Michael yeah. Vick with his arm was he, a dangerous dangerous player he's the closest thing I think we've seen to Michael Vick yeah, since but Michael Mike Vick, with his but arm he's not was, on that yeah. level and the reason I say six to justify it after all that negative that I just said is we look at it and they're still I think the third best contender for a Super Bowl in the AFC. Like, are, who else are they behind? The Chiefs, the Steelers? They lost to the Titans. I'm still putting them behind the Titans. Okay, the Titans so even, even, oh, if you put, the even if you put them behind the Titans, they're the fourth contender in the AFC for a Super Bowl. And that's debatable. You know, I, I, think, I think I still, 
if you say you have the Ravens going to the Super Bowl from the AFC, I'm not going to call you crazy, but I'll, I'll give you a sideways look just because of everything that I just mentioned. Oh, boy. I'll call you crazy because <laughs> they have zero chance of making the Super Bowl. Damn, zero? This year. They have zero chance. They're not wow. going to make it. And people can pull back this video and show when they don't make it. When they get eliminated from the playoffs, they're probably gonna they're probably destined for another disappointment. They went out and traded for Yannick and Gakwe. They went out and traded for Calais Campbell to shore up that run defense. But the problem isn't the defense. The problem is the offense, and they can't play it from behind. When a team stops the run and Lamar is forced to throw, they can't win games. And it's crazy because against the Steelers, they ran the ball really well. And they still couldn't win that game. Lamar threw a pick six very early in the game. And I was never an avid believer of Lamar Jackson. Of course, when he had this MVP season, a lot of people laughed at my take or whatever. But I've always been consistent. And I've said, I don't think he's a great passer. And I don't think he can beat you with his arm. I wasn't impressed when they were just kind of manhandling teams last year. Because whenever he went against a team that was a better team, a good defense, and had a good defense, he didn't play so well. And you talk about him winning the MVP. I don't think he should have won the MVP. I think Russell Wilson should have won the MVP. Yeah, that's my kill. When you have – Did you see you his have, numbers last year? Yeah, I don't care about the numbers. Yo. When you see – did you see the fourth quarter comebacks that Russell Wilson had in the game-winning drive? How drives? do you say you don't had, care about the <laughs> Russell Wilson had more fourth quarter comebacks and game-winning drives than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was a product of the run game, getting into the red zone. He was and the then, run game. And he then was him, the run game. He then, was the out. He, he, he had a one. He had a three k one. And then him, and then him, just dumping it off five yards at the goal line, an easy touchdown. I mean, Mark Sanchez could do that. I guarantee you. Give you if you give Mark Sanchez that type of leeway, he's trolling. He he's trolling. He's trolling. He's trolling. This is a troll. Yeah, this like, is we're a troll. Just being honest. About Mark Sanchez. Like, he's trolling. Hold on. Hold the, on. The hold system. The system. This. Yes. They use Lamar Jackson. The they use Lamar Jackson's capabilities to maximize the system, but the system was ultimately Greg Roman. When he was with Colin Kaepernick in the 49ers, their run game was dominant. When he went to Buffalo with Tyrod Taylor as their number one quarterback, they were a top they five scored run team. Three points in a playoff game. No, they were they were Jackson. They faced Jacksonville, who was the number one defense that year. So. Still no, scored three points. Yeah, but that was the number one. That defense was dominant. Big Ben scored 30 on them. That defense was dominant. They Big had, Ben scored 30 They on had them. faced them in the regular season, so they had a game plan for them. It's different. No, he other, had, no he had other a top running. He had a top rushing attack with Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy. So am I going to say Am I gonna say that Lamar makes a system? No, he does not. Does he maximize the system to a certain extent? Yes. But he does not make the system. Greg Roman is the maker of that system. That system last year was not the same as other systems that he had, you know, created in different places. Well, every other system that he created in different places, they were a top rush offense. You top three years that with T, with Tyrod. Just Taylor? just look up Greg Roman's. Just look up Greg Roman coaching stats. And there there is not a quarterback in the NFL that you could have replaced Lamar Jackson with. Maybe Kyler Murray. Maybe. Maybe Kyler, Maybe Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. I can name a lot. I don't. I don't think Russell Wilson could do it. Oh wow! He doesn't. Have, he. It's a, it's a. It's a different system. It's it a is. different system. But that's Russell it, Wilson. It though. would have had to have been. If you're gonna say yes to Kyler Murray, you had to say yes. It to It would have had to have been a different way. That's true. 
if you get what that I'm saying. True, I'm not true. saying that Russell saying. Wilson couldn't have been successful with that team. So, okay. But the Let's, system would have been different if listen, Russell Wilson listen, was the quarterback. Are you ready? Are you ready? Because River's searching it up, but I already have it up. This is Greg Roman's history as an offensive coordinator and where their t- his team's ranked in rushing. 2016 in Buffalo, they ranked number one. 2015 in Buffalo, they ranked number one. 2013 in San Francisco, they ranked number three. 2014 in San Fran, they, they ranked number four. 2012 in San Fran, they, they ranked number four. 2011 in San Fran, they, they ranked number eight. He never had a rushing offense that was no wait outside but, of oh, no wait hold 10. on because I wanted to, I wasn't looking up the coach I wanted because he brought up T Tyrod Taylor so I wanted to see if the stats Tyrod Taylor put because he said anybody could do it so I wanted to see if the stats Tyrod Taylor put up wait was what are you talking about to Lamar Jackson you said you wait could, no 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 you just said you could this, throw Mark Sanchez this is, in a this system. this is, no I did not say that this is what I said I said if you have if you're at the if you're at the goal line mm-hmm. only five yards away from scoring a touchdown. A lot of quarterbacks can make an easy read and just dump it off to a tight end but they, to get the score. But a lot of they were what, getting to the you know goal that, line you know, you know, of you know Lamar that Jackson. Lamar Jackson had 19 touchdowns at the goal line in under like 10 yards. Yes, and they that, were, that's, they, so that's not they were, very impressive. So how many of those guys can win MVP doing that, though? They were getting there. Not a lot of guys have been in that situation. They were getting to the goal line because of Lamar Jackson, though. And, and those teams that you Oh, mentioned. so we're going to forget about Mark Ingram? We're going to forget about Gus Edwards. They were both we're good gonna, last they, year, they but if you great. take them out of that system, they do not have nearly as good of a season as Mark they Mark Ingram was great in New Orleans as well. Yes, as a as a number two back to <laughs> Alvin Kamara. He was a number one. Which he Lata- was a number Latavius two Murray has been great he in that was, role He as was well. a number two back before Alvin Kamara got drafted. He got drafted to New Orleans being a number one back. He was a number and one back And when did he have years. his best seasons with New Orleans? Mm. When he was with Alvin Kamara. This is the thing. Alvin Kamara was always more of a receiving back. Ingram was that back that you'd give like ten yes, to twenty carries to. I, I don't think that Mark Ingram is that feature back that everybody made yeah, him out but to you be. See, but he you was see, great Greg, in that system. No, but you right. see, but you he's see, right. Greg Roman, everywhere he's went, the, his rushing offenses have been top ten. Yeah, and now it's now, not just Lamar Jackson. Hold on, go back and look at the 49ers. Who did the 49ers have? Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick. who was known as a great rushing quarterback. All right, and Tarot then he had Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. In, in Buffalo who was also known as a pretty good rushing quarterback. So, so, you, so you're had, telling and me... He, and he had LaShawn McCoy, so you're who was at me, that point still a great running back. So you're telling me that Tyrod Taylor, who's not even on the level in terms of talent as Lamar Jackson, can lead the number one rushing attack in the NFL two years in a row? No, you're ignoring the fact that I just he said he also it. had LaShawn McCoy, oh, who so, was a great so, so running how come, back at that time. So how come when you talk about Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy... When you talk about Tyrod Taylor, you mentioned Lashawn McCoy as his duo because at but that you don't point you don't time, mention it to, you don't mention it with Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram because totally at that point in time I'm not totally disregarding you you, you kind of totally disregarded Mark Ingram you kind of you kind of totally just you kind of just gave all the credit to disregarding Mark Ingram hold on you know why I kind of just ignored him you know why I'm disregarding Mark Ingram because everybody that the Ravens have put at running back has been successful Gus Edwards has been successful J K Dobbins has been successful I could go on they've had multiple guys step into that running back is it because they're good running backs they're good no, running backs. It's because they're play. They're good running backs. If you put Gus Edwards on any other team in football, he is not nearly as successful as he's been with the Rams. That's a lie. You put him on the Rams or the 49ers, he'll be good. You put him on a great team that's that has a great rushing attack, he'll be fine. That uses a running back committee. Buffalo didn't use a running back committee that year. Yes, but they had LaShawn McCoy, who was on a higher level than any running back the Ravens had this year or last year. But they year. didn't have a running back committee. When you have a running back committee, the carries are going to be split. 
So yeah, Mark Ingram's not going to have these eye popping numbers. I'm not but looking they at still the numbers had a great, though. They still had a great year. I'm talking about based on what I saw last year. Lashawn McCoy was at a higher level when he was in Buffalo. The first years that he was in Buffalo, that Mark Ingram was with the Ravens. Okay, last year. and I'm not disregarding that, but I'm just saying that's very biased of you to ignore Mark Ingram not, and give I'm all the praise to Lamar. Him. You I'm you you kind of just gave all the praise to Lamar, and when I told you Tyrod Taylor had the number one rushing attack, no, you wanted you wanted to, you wanted you, to mention you Lashawn McCoy because I that said because I said Greg Roman. Greg Roman is a system, you and see, everywhere he's went, he's had a top 10 rushing attack in the NFL. The reason you see it as me giving no credit to Mark Ingram is because you're giving no credit to Lamar Jackson. When realistically, no, I'm giving credit to Lamar Jackson, he but was, he's deserved way too much. He to was more point. valuable how does, how does to that team. How does an MVP deserve way too much credit? He, he was more valuable to that team than any wow. other player in football was to their team. You could make an argument for Russell Wilson. I'm not going to say that he was Russell up Wilson there with was him. more valuable than Lamar Jackson last year. I think that Russell Wilson was more replaceable on that Seahawks team than Lamar Jackson was to the hey, Ravens. What do you mean by that? In, in that offense. So people could step into Russell Wilson's offense and then I take think that, that team to the playoffs. I think, that, yeah, there I are, I think that there are more quarterbacks in the NFL that could have stepped in Russell Wilson's oh, shoes last year. Then could have stepped in Lamar Jackson's shoes That's last year. That's ridiculous. Lamar did. Jackson had a top five offensive line. Russell Wilson was working with the bottom twenty offensive line. Like so that, who, would that's you plug in, who would you plug in for Lamar to that that can do what he did? Well, if you plug in yes. a quarterback that's a better thrower than Lamar, there's a lot of quarterbacks that can do that's just, something similar. Like so, Tyrod Taylor, Cam Newton come to mind. Patrick Mahomes is showing. So Tyra, Watson. Wait, wait. So Tyrod Taylor. Russell can, Wilson has has been the only quarterback as of late that's been put in a position where they don't have a great offensive line and they don't have a fantastic running game. Last year, their wide receiver core wasn't too great because DK hadn't ascended, Mm -hmm. right? Their tight end group was getting injured. They didn't have a Greg Olson, and he took that team to the playoffs. And they both had incredible seasons. Russell Wilson carried the Seahawks. Lamar Jackson didn't carry the Ravens. Lamar Jackson was that offense, though. I'm so confused. Like, the offense revolved around Lamar Jackson and the way he played. It was unconventional. It was unconventional, and that's the reason that I think he was more valuable because, and it sounds crazy, but when you think about it, Russell Wilson was running a more conventional offense in Seattle. So you don't think that Greg Roman, if he was working with a quarterback that was a Tyrod Taylor, he wouldn't adjust the system? Maybe, but like you said... Would it be he, as effective? He he dedicates it his offense to that. Would it be as effective as Lamar? It wouldn't be as effective. So then what are you he, saying then? No, obviously it wouldn't be as effective, but Greg Roman has shown that in different places he's been, he's had a top 10 rushing but attack. But he's never had an MVP, though. No, he's it. had a number one rushing attack two years in a row with Buffalo with Tyrod Taylor being the quarterback. Okay, now watch this. So that, they were the year? number one okay, rushing okay. attack now, in now, the now NFL. Now, while you're saying that, I looked at Tyrod's number. He didn't have 1K rushing yards. Lamar wait, 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 had 1,200 wait, wait, wait. rushing yards what does, what does What does Tyrod Taylor having 1K rushing yards you just have to do because look, look, with look. the offense rushing be number one back-to-back because, back look, years in Buffalo? Because you're, you're not giving Lamar enough credit. Lamar, Lamar was basically half of the rushing yards for that team that was number one in rushing. Well, Tyrod yeah, Taylor he has wasn't. a special skill set. Tyrod Taylor wasn't. He carried the bulk of the offense rushing and passing. He was them. You, you're you not even, giving him you credit. You even said it. You even said Said it. He maximized that Greg Roman. No, offense. yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I which said is it. his value. I said, I said, yeah, I know his value is that. But back to the main question: They won't make the Super Bowl because they can't <laughs> play from behind. Lamar Jackson hasn't shown that ability, and 
I don't. I think you'd be crazy mm. to say that he's more valuable than Russell Wilson. I didn't say that. He's I, not, I'm not you saying, said it. I'm not you said it. I'm not saying he's a more valuable player overall. If we're drafting a quarterback to win us a Super Bowl this year, I'm taking either Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson with the first pick. And there's nothing. Oh, I get what you were saying. I think what he's saying is you could plug in another quarterback. You can't, though. That's what he's saying. You can't, though. You could plug in Pat Mahomes. You could do the same thing. Last season. You can't. Last season. And and again, MVP is a regular season award. It's not based on the playoffs, which a lot of people like to rag on Lamar Jackson for because they got knocked out in the first round, in their first round of the, in their first round playoff game. It was really the second round. They were a 14 win team in the regular season. And it was because of the unconventional play style that they ran. And that was eventually their downfall in the playoffs. But I don't take that into consideration when judging his MVP season because it's based on the regular season. Yes, but the question is, can they win the Super Bowl? How confident are you in them winning the Super Bowl? And me, it's a zero. They <laughs> won't win the Super Bowl because Lamar Jackson hasn't ascended to be a great passer yet. But that's a total side. And then, and then when you and then when we talked about the rushing offense, yes, you can give the credit to Lamar. And I've said that he maximized Greg Roman's system. But let's not act like Greg Roman didn't have an elite rushing offensive scheme already before he met Lamar Jackson. I'm not saying he didn't, but Lamar Jackson unlocked a new level to that. A new I level, agree. and they became the number one rushing offense back-to-back years, right? Which they were in Buffalo. But wait. Nobody talked about that Buffalo offense at all. like it was anything They special. weren't the number one seed. They weren't blowing teams out. It wasn't the same. Like, it was a completely different thing. Well, maybe it's because the Ravens had a better overall or, roster. Or, 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 Lamar was just way better than Tyrod Taylor. Well, if you look at the roster, their defense, the Ravens' defense was better than Buffalo's. Their offensive line was better than Buffalo's. Buffalo's defense was pretty impressive, though. That year? Yeah. What do you mean, that year? They were pretty good, bro. What player did they have that year that you oh, can name I, me off I the can't top name of my head? Player, oh, okay. But I so, know they okay. were pretty good. Okay. They were pretty good defense. Okay, so you can't name me a player. They were still a pretty okay, good defense. Okay, but you can't name me a player. They were still a pretty good defense. I, I don't want you to misconstrue what I'm saying when I say that Lamar Jackson was more valuable last season to the Ravens than Russell Wilson was to the Seahawks. I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson is a more valuable player. If you're taking them pound for pound outside of their system – Russell Wilson is far and away the more valuable player. Him and Patrick Mahomes are on a different level of value than anybody else in the NFL right now. I think we can all agree on that. But when you look at it in the system last year, like you mentioned, Lamar Jackson took that offense to a level that we had almost never really seen before. Like, we had never seen an offense like the Ravens' offense No, yeah, we've never seen a 3K passer and a 1K rusher. Yes, you're absolutely correct. But what I'm saying is that Greg Roman already had a great and elite offensive rushing system that a lot of opposing defenses couldn't figure out. Uh Yes, Lamar Jackson maximized it, but he already had that in place. Like, I think they they work in tandem. They work in tandem. It's not like Lamar is here and Greg Roman is here, a lot of people want to give Lamar all the credit. You even disregarded Mark Ingram when you were talking about it. You did disregard Mark Ingram. You did disregard Mark Ingram. You said anybody could step into that situation and be a great runner. You said Gus Edwards. A lot of people did. You said Gus Edwards wouldn't be good anywhere else. You did say that. And and a lot of people did step into that situation. What is Justice Hill doing now? Justice Hill looked like a really good running back in the system. You have not heard his name once all season. The 49ers don't have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, of course. We know that. And a lot of running backs step in their system, like Jeff Wilson Jr., 
um, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida. Why, why are you not talking about them being so replaceable? Maybe it's because great rushing attacks and great offensive minds like Greg Roman know how to utilize their players and, uh, and create blocking schemes that maximize where the running backs can run to. The, uh, the only Maybe thing it's I said about Lamar Mark Jackson. Ingram, the only thing I said about Mark Ingram, I think you gave him too much credit. I don't think he is that feature back that a lot of he people can thought be. he I don't think so. I don't he see him be. as that. I don't see him as that lead back, like one of the top running backs in the league. That's my He's not one of the opinion. top running backs of the league, but you kind of disregarded him like he was just but, a whatever but, player. Because when LaShawn McCoy was with the Bills, he was one of the top running backs in the league at that yeah, time. Yeah, but Mark Ingram with the Saints had two 1,000-yard rushing seasons, and he had one with the Ravens last year. Like, whatever you want to say about Mark Ingram, he had 1,000 yards rushing last year with the Ravens. He was basically their feature back. He got most of the carries, most of the bulk of the carries. And he was phenomenal. I still don't think that he was the better running back on that team last year. I think it was Kamara, or two years ago, I apologize. But what I was, the point that I was trying to make was you brought up that Bills offense. LaShawn McCoy was a top running back in the league at that point in time, and Mark Ingram wasn't that. So I think that, obviously, Tyrod Taylor does not deserve the credit that Lamar Jackson deserves because not even Lamar close. Jackson brought that. He, he took no, what I'm Greg not, Roman Wait, hold does. on, hold on, hold on. I'm not saying that he deserves the credit that Tyrod that I never said that Tyrod deserves Lamar Jackson credit. I'm saying that Greg Roman has been successful in other places without having a Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson level talent, which we all agree on. Okay. You can't disagree with it. The numbers tell you that. But Lamar Jackson took that offense and brought it to a, a record great a, a groundbreaking level, something we've never seen in the league before. And now this year, the NFL is catching up to it. And he's having to learn to make those throws to win football games. And he's a little slow on it. Just to put it out there, 2016, Mark Ingram had 1,000 yards with the Saints. Their second running back was Tim Hightower. Alvin Kamara was not on the roster. And he's a different runner than he was in 2016. So so he, okay, but he had a 1,000-yard year that year. Alvin Kamara wasn't there. Um, Lamar Jackson had more rushing yards than Mark Ingram last year. Yeah, and I believe it. And I'm not saying that. He's not. I'm not saying he's not a great runner. I know he's an elite runner. I've, I've never said he's not an elite runner, and I've said that he maximized Greg Roman's system. But when you want to talk about, like, when you just want to give all the credit to Lamar and not look at Greg Roman when he's had success in so many different places in the NFL, and then you want to misconstrue it and make it a Tyrod Lamar thing, it's no, not I'm a Tyrod no, no, Lamar no, no, no. thing. It's, no. it's, you're, you're, I get it. He he had success in other places. The number one in rushing, yes, okay, but one team. Was four was fourteen and two and was the number one team in the league. The they had a better all around team. But I'm saying though, like one is obviously going to get more credit because they done more in the season. They were the number one team. They had a bye week. No, okay, they had okay, the MVP. yeah, but I never. This That's all I'm yo, saying. This is what I'm saying. You're misconstruing it because it's not a Tyrod versus Lamar thing. I'm not, just talk, I was talking yo, about the team as just the team in general. Yeah, but it's not a Tyrod Lamar thing. And when when Greg Roman was in San Francisco, they made the NFC Championship. That, that's, and impressive. Then the yeah, that's impressive. That's so, impressive. Talk about so, that. You wasn't talking about that. You yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that he had a number one rushing attack with the Bills two years in a row. So he's done this before. And, and I'm not saying that it was just Lamar Jackson. But what I am saying is that Lamar Jackson took that offense in in the system because you could say that if they brought in Russell Wilson instead of Lamar Jackson, if they changed places, the offense still would have been very successful. But it wouldn't have been 
the same way they were successful with Lamar Jackson. Nobody could have gone into that offense, in my opinion, and been as successful in that same scheme, which is what made them the 14-2 and team they were, the historic offense that they were. Nobody else does that. And and it's catching up to them now because teams are catching up. Look, I'll agree with you that maybe a player wouldn't have the same rushing yards as Lamar Jackson. I don't think they would. But we definitely see a lot more quarterbacks be put into that system and have way more passing yards than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Ooh. because the system would have changed. Were you saying the that would happen or different. like it has happened? It would happen. Oh, okay. The system would have been different, though, which is the that, point that's that what I'm, I'm saying. I, I'd rather have a Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson, if I'm being honest. I'd rather have a Russell Wilson. I'd rather have a Patrick that's Mahomes. Tomato, tomato. I'd rather have I don't a, disagree a better with passer. I don't disagree with you. But that's I, what I'm just saying. Yeah. That like Back to the original question. That's why my confidence for the Ravens is at a zero because I don't think they can they can't beat the Chiefs they can't beat the Steelers and I don't think they can beat the Titans if they face them again. So I, if you had to put them in order, who would you put? In, where, how would you go? Chiefs and the Steelers are a toss up right now for me. Then they go Titans. Then they go Bills. You lost me with that one. Nah, Next time, that's crazy. Then they go Colts. Oh, I'm not even goes, acknowledging now I'm playing. that one. Look, it my it would be. The Chiefs, Steelers, Titans, and then the Ravens. I'd have them. And then the Bills. Yeah. Then yeah. I have the Bills and whatever. Everybody else is yeah. whatever. No, the yeah. Ravens defense. Oh, oh that's and, and that's the that's the other thing. Yeah, like, like you forget as a the team. The defense is the, so good yeah, that good. Lamar just needs to put it together for two weeks. Which look at look at what the 49ers did last year. And we'll talk about Jimmy G later in the show, but Jimmy G was no special quarterback last year in the playoffs. The defense was spectacular. And the running game was great. Mm-hmm. And it got them to the Super Bowl. It didn't win them the Super Bowl because they played the Chiefs, who were should, should one have of won. the greatest teams of all time, and they well, were a throw away from winning it. And you were just talking about we were just talking about how the Titans defense hasn't looked like it should be. So you you mean to tell me as a team you would put them you would give the Ravens a zero chance when they have one of the best defenses in the league? Hey man. Last year you didn't even think the Titans were gonna make the playoffs. But we're on this I, year. I think we're that, not- that I think that, that speaks towards our point more than anything. All like you look at what the Ravens have right now, a, a really great defense, a top-five defense in the league, a great rushing attack. That is what the 49ers were last year. And nobody expected the 49ers to make the Super Bowl, I don't think, but they put it together at the right time in an unconventional way. Jimmy G was throwing for, like, 100 yards a game, and Tannehill was doing a similar thing in the AFC, and, you know, eventually they yep. ran into the Chiefs. But the the biggest obstacle is obviously going to be getting past the Steelers or the Chiefs or both, and that's going to be incredibly difficult. But all they need to do is put it together for one week to make the Super Bowl, potentially two, depending on how the chips fall. Maybe they'll have to see both of them. But if they only have to, if they get lucky and maybe the Chiefs drop an extra game or two the rest of the way and they can win out, whatever it may be, if they can only face one of those two teams in the playoffs, they got to put it together for one week I don't think it's crazy to say that they can do that. I think round two, Ravens beat the Titans. They won't make the Super Bowl. That's the bottom line. And you said we're going to talk about Jimmy later on. We're actually going to talk about Jimmy G right now. (laughs) Simple question. Is it time for the 49ers to move off from Jimmy G? It's going to be hard because they gave him a massive contract a couple years ago worth like $100 million, I believe. But he hasn't looked very impressive. People, you know, Nick Mullins has kind of looked as good. He, I don't think he's looked better, but he's looked pretty much like he can fill that Jimmy G role. I think Jimmy G is better. I don't think it's a question, but I don't think Jimmy G is a franchise quarterback. I think he's an average quarterback at best. 
I believe he cost him the Super Bowl last year because he couldn't complete that pass to Emmanuel Sanders, and he missed George Kittle a bunch of times. I just don't think he is a quarterback people and a lot of fans thought he was going to become. I don't know what how you guys feel about I, that. I, I agree. They I, agree. I, think, I think he's an average quarterback. I think even though even after everything you just said, though, they went to the Super Bowl with him. I think this team this year has been battling with injuries all year. They've been devastated with a lot of injuries to their team. So I think it's it's too it's 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 too early to say give up on him because they were going to be one of the best teams in the NFC this year if they were healthy. So I, I don't think it's too early to pump. I think it's too early to pump the brakes. I, I think that it's a really unfortunate situation. Like Riff said, they've been dealing with a bunch of injuries. Him himself, he's been dealing with a bunch of injuries. You know, he's had that ankle, and I don't think that on Sunday he was fully healthy. It doesn't excuse how poorly he played, but I think it depends on what you're looking for out of him. Like I think he can be a game manager quarterback if you he was think last year. yeah if you think that's good enough to win a Super Bowl you know if that wasn't the Chiefs last year if it was a normal team like a- any of the Super Bowl teams that we've seen the past four or five years I think they have a better chance of winning but they ended up running into the Chiefs who have yeah, Patrick Mahomes a historic offense they and they were one throw away from winning that game so you know do I think they could win a Super Bowl with him yes but. Their defense would have to be spectacular again. Their rushing attack would have to be spectacular again. Is that something that you want? I know I sent you guys a picture today. Dak Prescott photoshopped into a Niners uniform. If they could do oh. that in a heartbeat, in a heart, no hesitation, because Dak puts that offense on a whole new level. You know, I, like if they can go out and get a difference making quarterback like that, I think 100% yes, you move on from Jimmy. And I like him, but. He's just not the guy that they thought he was going to be. And I think yeah. maybe he needs a change of scenery. Maybe he needs to go back to New England with his, with his guy, Bill Belichick. You know, they love each other. They worked well together in New England. I feel like the best games he's ever had were, were those games in New England when, when he came in for Tom Brady. But now, you know, it, it just seems like although the circumstances have been unfortunate and they had so much success with him when he was healthy, I don't think it was because of him. I think it was in spite of him being a game manager because they had a great defense, because they had a great rushing attack. I don't think he's that franchise guy that they and I thought he was going to turn into. So, if, again, if you can go out, get a guy like Dak, oh, maybe yeah, even in the draft, if, if you have a good quarterback fall to you, you know, I don't think it's outlandish to say move on from Jimmy. <sighs> I'm just looking I, at this I, injury list. I, yeah, the injuries are bad, but I disagree with a lot of what you just said because. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, what else? You think he's a franchise quarterback though? Look at one when they really? when they, when the Patriots traded him. I mean, he I was being held. And I can't I can't believe your nerve either. I can't believe your nerve. What I do? I can't believe your nerve to co-sign a Dak Prescott comment when all you've ever done was not think Dak Prescott was that good. Look. Dak Prescott on the Niners, I would love it because I love Dak Prescott as a quarterback. And, yes, he is better than Carson Wentz. But Dak Prescott is kind of like the same mold as Jimmy in terms of a game manager. Oh, Dak Prescott, is a, he's, not, he's not a superstar game-changing quarterback that's going to take him over the top. Can't if, anything, I disagree. if anything, he'll make the offense slightly a little bit better, but it won't be something that, oh, now the 49ers have Dak Prescott, their Super Bowl favorites. It's not going to be the case. Did hmm. you watch Dak this season for the I first think, five weeks? I think Jimmy G is a – Guy, high IQ QB with limited 
talent. You what? Know? Did, hold on. What did the Cowboys do with Andy Dalton? Wait, for the did two you just say Dak played? is a game manager? He, you think so? I think he's a little bit better than a game manager, but that's kind of like it's kind of what he is. Like he's yeah. not a super. He's not Russell Wilson. He's so, not. So then, okay. why why did the Cowboys go from being a uh, you know a team that we were thinking of as a contender in the NFC to the one of the worst teams in football in two talent. weeks? Oh. Jack, even with Dak, they weren't a contender in the NFC. <laughs> that's fact. A lot they of were, pe- they a were, lot of people were talking were about that. They were Dak. losing with Dak, and they were probably going to lose. That's what was so confusing because their defense sucks. That is true. Their defense, but they were hard. actually in football games, yeah, winning Seattle, football Seattle, games. Seattle's defense okay. was horrible. So wait, what is what do you guys think, Jimmy? Talent-wise, what do you guys think Jimmy G is? I mean, talent-wise, that's such a hard question. I can just name you what he does good. Okay. I mean, he's good in that system at play-action passing, mm-hmm. looking at his first read. He's good at intermediate passes. He's good at short passes. His footwork is kind of nice. He's been kind of sloppy in it as of recently. But Dak, he he misses a lot of throws, too. Like, you Aww. know, I see Jimmy miss throws, but Dak misses a lot of throws on Dallas, too. And, yes, his numbers look great, but let's not lie and act like they're in those games. Like, they're usually losing by a couple I touchdowns. I remember when I said this last year. But they were like, literally in those games. Crazy. They their came defense back, put them they, in a hole and they came back. Okay, but why, had, why didn't their offense click early on in the game? Like that, the, the, Because look, Ezekiel I, I don't, I don't is wanna, having I don't the worst this, season of his career. I don't wanna, it's not about Dak. I don't want to make we'll this, get on Dak I don't want to make this a Dak thing. I just want to say that I don't think Dak for Jimmy takes them over the top. I think it makes them I think it makes their offense a heck of a lot but better. I think they need more than Dak. But to the original question, is it time to move on from Jimmy G? Yes, it's time to move on from Jimmy G. I don't know who they're going to move on to. Maybe draft a quarterback in the draft, maybe try to trade for somebody, a young guy like Sam Darnold and see what Kyle Shanahan could do with him. But I just don't think Jimmy is that guy that they can go and win a Super Bowl with. Right now, the 49ers are they're coming up and they have to pay a lot of their players that are elite, that were on rookie deals now. With Jimmy making that type of money, they can't fill up that roster and surround Jimmy with the players that they once had the year that they went to, went to Super Bowl last year. So that's why I just don't think Jimmy is that guy. He's been injured, so in, that's, in all fairness to him, he's been injured. But he's not that guy. And they should move on. And I'm ashamed of you for co-signing that Dak Pres- that Dak Prescott comment when all you've ever done was bash Dak. I never said he was terrible, though. You never said he was terrible, but he's just an, but he's you an Eagles but fan. you yeah yeah but, like what the hell? You never said he was te- okay. Just because you you're used a to fan, bash Josh just, Allen just consistently, just because you're just because you're, you're a fan of a team doesn't mean you have to but be I never biased was, towards. I player. never said he was terrible. I, okay, I just, but okay, but. In all, in, all, in all fairness, Jimmy G isn't terrible either. But you co-signed the comment that Dak would make the 49ers so much better. I think he would make them better. In Jimmy I just G. don't know. So much better? Again, I'm trying better. not to no, make wait, this. Wait, wait, wait. Hold, tr- on, hold on, Jack. Because people like it's like it's like people forget last year. Like, Jimmy G is this average QB that we're talking about. He's some game management. They went to the Super When their team is healthy, they went to the Super Bowl with, with Jimmy G. Manager he yeah, wasn't. He, that's he what was I'm throwing, saying. So he was throwing and if, for about a hundred yards. And if a game we're talking about Dak is better than him, I think we all agree Dak is better by a couple slots. If they're healthy, why can't they do it again? Right. Uh, and again, I'll when, try or at when, least go to the NFC Championship. They last year they dominated almost every no every team they played. They just dominated with a healthy team. This year we're talking about oh move on from Jimmy G. I'm looking at their injuries. Everybody is hurt. Everybody. Yeah. So how are you going to sit there and say, move on from the guy who just was our quarterback for a Super Bowl run, 
when our team is healthy. Our team isn't healthy. They're not. We're not winning right now. But our team, our team, our the the strength of our team isn't healthy. So how are you going to sit there and say, "Oh, move on from Jimmy G"? When it's like we're not even. He doesn't have the full chance. He's playing bad, yes, but also the team isn't there. Nobody's there. Nobody's playing. So how can you honestly say that? That's, nobody that's, was there yesterday. Was nobody there yesterday? Yesterday? I didn't, I didn't watch yesterday game. Okay, I, I everybody was there. Debo, but Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, even though he got injured. Their defense still missing pieces. They were there. The defense has been missing pieces all year. Oh, yeah, okay. And he but said that Brandon Ayuk, who's a rookie. You're relying on a rookie. Brandon and, Ayuk had 100 yards receiving. And, and, he's still and, a rookie, and, though. And Jimmy G. But that doesn't mean he's not a good receiver. Okay, but you're relying on a rookie, though. No, you're not. You, you're relying on Debo, who's a really good receiver. Debo's okay. Debo is good. And he's been hurt this year about? too. He's been hurt this okay, year too. Okay, but yesterday, That's guy's yesterday they were healthy, and Jimmy G. They were healthy. Really they were not fully healthy. They're yesterday. never. They haven't been. In fully offense, healthy all they year. were kind of fully healthy. But their yesterday. strength and what's their strength, Jimmy, Jack? Jimmy Garoppolo. What's their strength, Jack? The defense. Thank you. Jimmy Garoppolo himself was not okay, healthy but, yesterday. Okay, but the defense is their strength, but that doesn't exonerate Jimmy G's play on offense. I just when said the offense no. I just I just admitted he's been playing bad, but when his his strength, when the strength of the team is not there. They're not going to be that good. But I, I do agree that they should move on from him, but it's not because of this season. I think that even last season when I was still defending him. I was never high on Jimmy. They, they, were, they were fighting an uphill battle in the playoffs. They needed to count on Raheem Mostert and that rushing attack to be good every week. They needed to count on that defense to play spectacular every week. And it caught up with them in the Super Bowl when they faced a great offense that got them into a shootout and Jimmy G couldn't make the throws at the end. I think that that is where a guy, and again, I'm not trying to make this a Dak thing, but I think a guy like Dak Prescott doesn't even have to be a top five, maybe not even top 10 quarterback in the league. Dak Prescott has a negative record against teams that are 500 or better. Mm. But he's a playmaker. He's not a game manager, in my opinion. No, he, he is a playmaker. He does make plays. I think with his 49ers healthy defense, that record would change very fast. I agree. I agree. But come Super Bowl time, like I don't know that they, especially this year, I don't know that they can contend with Jimmy G quarterback just because when they play great teams and they get into gunfights at the end, they don't have the weaponry because their quarterback, you can't trust him to make those throws. You Why this. I disagree with you is because before Amari Cooper went to Dallas, Dak looked Pretty pedestrian. Oh, I agree. He didn't. He I agree. didn't. He didn't. He didn't have great numbers until Lamar came. Even right? even last year, but Jimmy, he wasn't. Jimmy, Jimmy doesn't have a solid number one wide receiver. He has t- the best tight end in the league, though. Okay, yeah. Even, even last nice. year, I would say that Dak didn't look worlds better than Jimmy G. But this year, you look at him and he made the Cowboys a formidable team. Would have been a playoff team with him. I think that what I, I think they easily. No offense, whoa, Riv. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think they e- come <laughs> on. Pump the with, with, now, the, with the injury troubles that the Eagles have had, I think they would have won the NFC East. And now, in instead, that's bold talk there, Jack. With Andy Dalton, they didn't even look like they belonged in the NFL. And now with Ben DiNucci, they, <laughs> to be fair, they're an to, embarrassment. To be fair, when Andy Dalton took over, and so did Ben DiNucci, they started facing better defenses. That's fair. That's fair. He's right. But I think that Dak Prescott has looked 
like he improved a lot this offseason. Yeah, and I love Dak, but I just disagree on that comment that <laughs> he'll make the, he'll make the 49ers like these well, way okay, better than okay, Jimmy G. But where, That's all I disagree where, on. Where do you have Jimmy G at his quarterback rankings in the league? I, I, I have him around. I so wait, I okay, him, so with him at 15-20, where would you have the Niners? What do you mean? Like rankings in the NFC, if they were healthy. Um, probably the second spot in the NFC West behind and you tell Seahawks. Me with, with, oh. I have this is this is the reason I said what I said. I, like I have Jimmy G closer to twenty. I have him around twenty in, in quarterback ranks. If we could split hairs and you know, you might be able to change my opinion, bump him up a spot or two. I have him around twenty. I have Dak closer to ten than fifteen. That's a big jump quarterback wise. I think that Dak is a playmaker. And I think if you get into a situation like they got in against the Chiefs last year where they needed to make plays late, I trust Dak to make those plays for me more than I trust Jimmy G. You trust Dak to make those plays, but against last year when he faced Philadelphia to win the NFC East, he didn't make those plays. I think also over like failing to notice, and Joel brought it up a little bit, they don't have a true solid number one. You know, Debo's still coming into his own, and they got they got a rookie out there right now. I don't think they like, other than George Kittle, they don't have like a solid deep threat or like a number one option too. So that kind of kills Jimmy G too, but... But even so, he like just watching him, he doesn't take those shots. Yeah, he he. It, it almost looks like the way they treated Tua on Sunday, like they they kind of coddled Jimmy G in that offense. They don't make him make the big play. They they, they don't. predicate the offense yeah. on that rushing attack, which I mean, I guess you can't you can't take points away from him for that. But at the same time, it shows that Kyle Shanahan doesn't really have that trust in him to make to to go out and make those throws. Yeah. We're going to move on to the, to the Saints. I'm, we're going to merge this topic. So, Quan Alexander was traded to the New Orleans Saints. A fifth-round pick and Kiko Alonso were sent to the 49ers in exchange for Quan Alexander. Just a little backstory on him. He got signed to a four-year, $54 million contract by the 49ers because he had a Pro Bowl year in 2017. In 2018, he was with Tampa. He only played six games in 2018. Then the 49ers signed him. I didn't think that was a good signing at the time because he was an inside linebacker. He only played eight games last year. He only played one full season in his entire career in 2016. And now the 49ers have, I mean, they really didn't need Quan Alexander. They have Fred Warner, who's probably the best middle linebacker in the NFL right now. He's different. It's a toss-up between him and Bobby Wagner. He's different. Dre Greenlaw, and now they have Kiko Alonso. And this was kind of a desperation move for the Saints. You have Demario Davis. There's not another second linebacker. They're hoping Quan Alexander can be that. He'll offer some speed to that linebacking core. But enough of Quan Alexander. What we really want to know is about Michael Thomas and what's been going on with Michael Thomas. And do we think that the Saints can compete without him? And when I what I mean compete, can they mean. finish first? Can they mean. can they be a one of the formidable teams in the NFC? You know what's killing me about this is I picked you know, me and Joel, we we used to have arguments in the summer all the time. I picked the Saints, he picked the Bucks. And they got I think they got the Bucks coming up this week. Michael Thomas is crucial for this team to make a Super Bowl run. If they do make it, he needs to be there. He's their number one option. They picked up Emmanuel Sanders for him to be that number two guy. He's been hurt. So now they're out there. Alvin Kamara has been carrying this offense by the skin of his teeth. And Michael Thomas right now, he's kind of giving me Antonio Brown vibes. You know, Antonio Brown gets paid. He starts acting crazy, starts doing all this wild stuff. Michael Thomas is starting to give me that energy. He's starting to become a diva. Has Michael Thomas even gotten paid yet, though? 
No, I don't think I so. Don't I, think think he he wants his, I think he wants his money, though. And he's starting to give me that diva vibe. You know, he just had a big year last year, 1,700 yards. He's, he, he thinks he's, the best. he's on top of the world. He's starting to become a diva, hitting his teammates in practice. So now tw- being on, on Twitter, tweeting people and stuff. So I, I'm not really liking it, but I think they need him to be healthy and effective for them to make a Super Bowl run. I, I think you mentioned it. Alvin Kamara has been that offense. And Drew Brees, we've talked about it before in previous episodes this season. If it was up to him, I read reports that he would have retired this past offseason. They convinced him to come out of retirement. I think he's done. I think he's, he's on his last legs. He can't carry that offense. I don't think he wants offense. to play no more. He can't carry that offense like he has in the past. So losing Mike Thomas, who before this season – you know, you could make the argument that he was the best receiver in the league. He was at least top three. Yep. Losing that weapon is huge. And now, who's been their number one this season? Traquan Smith? No, Alvin Kamara. If, if, yeah, if you don't consider Alvin Kamara because he's a running back, who's been their best receiving option? Traquan really Smith? Been a, it's really been a... Uh, By committee. It's been whoever. But, whoever's open. Yeah, whoever's open, much. whoever's there. Like Callaway was there, Traquan Smith, Jerry Emmanuel Cook, Sanders. A little bit. But the fact of the matter is they need a weapon that... Is going to open those guys up, and I think that that's a formidable attack behind oh, yes. just, a guy um, like Michael I'm sorry, Thomas. just to cut you off, he did get paid five years, ninety six mil, so he did get paid. I think that that's a the guys that you mentioned. I think and, and like Jared Cook at tight end, Alvin Kamara at running back, Latavius Murray spelling him. I think it's a formidable offense if you have a transcendent talent like Michael Thomas. Like you added DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals offense, and look how much they improved because DeAndre Hopkins draws attention. You know, it's almost like gravity in basketball. No, Just different. being on the field makes a huge impact. I agree with you. I think he's the best. Mike Thomas has that same impact where just being on the field draws eyeballs and will help others yeah. get open. Will make Drew Brees' life a million. And that's times what they picked easier. up Emmanuel Sanders for because Michael yeah. Thomas draws that that gravity. Yeah. And then you got Emmanuel Sanders open. You got Kamara open. I don't. And, and even with Mike Thomas, I think they're fighting an uphill battle because Drew Brees is declining. That defense hasn't been great all season, although they did play well on Sunday. And now they're bringing in Quan Alexander. Hopefully, you know, like the Titans move for Desmond King, it could give him a little boost. But I, I just don't know. In that division with the Bucks. I don't see them winning that division. So they'll have to get a playoff spot and win three games to make it to the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure in, in this new format, it'll be three games to make it to the Super Bowl. And yes, the sir. NFC, like, that playoffs is no joke. We talked about the AFC, and that playoffs is really, like, four teams that I think compete for. You look at the NFC, like, there's a bunch of good teams at the top, and there's not going to be a single easy playoff game. And it's it's just difficult. Without Michael Thomas, I don't think they have any chance of winning a Super Bowl. With Michael Thomas, I still think they'd be fighting an uphill battle, but I think it would give them a puncher's chance to compete. Uh, to well, the compete, Saints, the Saints own the tiebreaker right now, so number one in the division. And the Bucks <laughs> are losing right now. I don't think it's going to come down to a tiebreaker. Well, so we'll see, man. Michael Thomas, from what I know, he's been injured with the hamstring slash ankle injuries. He punched Gardner Johnson, and he was suspended for a week for that. And he returned to practice before week eight, but he did not play in week eight, as we all know now. He probably is going to return week nine. We're not sure yet. But as of now, nobody really knows too much about Michael Thomas. Riv mentioned earlier before the show that he, claims he's he tweeted hurt. that he's still hurt. But the Saints have rallied four straight wins. Do I think they can make the playoffs still without Michael Thomas? Absolutely. But I, I don't think the Saints are going to make the Super Bowl with or without him. I didn't pick them to make it before. 
I still have Tampa, and I think Drew Brees is declining. And I kind of like I can't, I'm not as sold on that comment as I once was because Drew Brees has been playing better with with limited options. Absolutely. Emmanuel Sanders has been hurt, and he's still been playing pretty good enough for them to win against good teams. Too. So Drew Brees has been proving a lot of people wrong after a kind of rocky start to the season, but I still don't think the Saints are going to really make a great playoff run. I could be wrong there, but I just don't see it personally. They're even actually, now that I look at it, it it's seven playoff teams this season. So You didn't know that? No, I, I'm just... Oh, yeah, it's a big seven. It, yeah, it's seven this year. So even with the seven, they're going to have to fight to make the playoffs. I think everybody's going to have to fight. So there's obviously the four division titles. And then beyond that, so say the Packers win the North, say the Bucks win the South, and say the Seahawks win the West. Then it comes down to... The Rams, the Cardinals, the Saints, the Bears. You could even make a case for the Niners. Mm-hmm. That's five teams competing teams. for two, three spots. It, that's, I say, that's I say, I say, Cardinals, um, Bears, Saints. I do think they're going to end up making the playoffs though, yeah. just because Sean Payton's a great head coach. They they've been there. They know how to win games when they have to. Michael Thomas is going, hopefully, going to come back. I mean. Uh, nobody really knows what the deal you is. You don't want to drink that water. <laughs> the report is he might play on Sunday, correct? He's suppo- I don't know. They need, I, him, I don't to know they need him to play He's on supposed Sunday. to play on Sunday. Everything's up in the air right now. We don't know anything about Michael Thomas, but I'm assuming he comes back, if not this week, maybe next week, maybe the week after. It still gives you seven weeks of a top three receiver in football. Hey, listen. They'll figure it out. So I say they make the playoffs, yeah. but... Even with Mike Thomas, I don't think they can compete. They have bucks. They have bucks that day. He has to play. So talking. So talking about playoff spots, we're going to talk about a division that maybe shouldn't deserve a playoff spot. The NFC least, which the Eagles are leading right now, and their quarterback. You made that up just now. And the and the and and their quarterback Carson Wentz has the most turnover worthy plays of any quarterback in the NFL right now. So right now, the Giants, Washington, Cowboys, and Eagles. Are a combined eight twenty one and one, and they're two fifteen and one against all other divisions, <coughs> all other teams outside of their divisions. No team in the division has a winning record. The Eagles are are leading it at three four and one. I personally don't feel like they should deserve a playoff spot. And based off of this year, the NFL should implement a new rule so playoffs can be formatted by seeding and not by division because it's dis- it's a disgrace that the low-life Eagles led by Carson Wentz is, are going to make the playoffs over a team that deserves it more. Like who? Listen, there are teams listen, that deserve it more. Listen, 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 listen. listen. The Bears would do, if the Bears don't make it because the Eagles make it, they would deserve it listen, more. Listen, listen. I, I don't agree with you. I think the format should stay how it is. It's, and listen, I'm not going to sit here and... Praise Carson Wentz. He's been absolutely god awful. He's been terrible, and I'm not. Gonna, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and. He, yes, he's talented, but he's. He, this is not his year. He's been playing terrible. I'm not going to sit here and try to support him. No, but I am going to say that just because we look bad now doesn't mean our team doesn't deserve it. Our division doesn't deserve a team because at the end of the day, that's how the rules were implemented. That's how they go, and. Even though our our record is gonna look the same, we're gonna we're gonna go into the playoffs. We're gonna fight like every other team. We're gonna make it a game against almost any other team in the NFC. It's gonna be a fight, and 
that's just how it's going to be. So I don't. Th- I think we definitely deserve a team. And you have to. You have to also take into consideration the injuries that's been hitting us. We would be a pretty solid team if the injuries didn't strike us down. So I think we definitely deserve a team. Yeah, and and there's a reason that the playoffs are formatted the way they were. You know, it, it's meant to take into consideration the fact that that division is going to be playing the same schedule and. You know, in a certain year, one division might play an incredibly tougher schedule than a different division. So, like, say, for instance, although it's not the case this year, the NFC West could be playing the easiest four schedules in football, and the NFC East could be playing the four toughest schedules in football. The NFC East plays us this year. That, that's the reason that it's implemented that way, but I don't think that we are very far from the NFL changing that because a situation like this where one of those teams is going to get in off the top of my head, there's nine teams that I would rather see in the playoffs off of them. Maybe you could make an argument for a tenth. Like who? I, I'll, I'll list them off. The Niners, you. we beat them, so don't even say them. The Packers, the Bears, the Lions, Bears? the Saints, the Bucks, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Niners, and the Panthers were my borderline teams. You would rather see the Niners than us? We just beat 100%. them. 100%. Wow. Because if they get healthy, you, wait, we were you just would, talking about them. If they get, so wait, if they so get healthy. Get, so wait, if we get healthy, you wouldn't rather see us than the Bears? We saw we saw what the Niners were last year when they were healthy, and we saw what the Eagles were Okay, last no, the year Niners is fair, but you would rather see us. You would rather see the Bears than us healthy? The way the Bears have played this season? Oh, that's just ridiculous. I, I would have to see the Eagles healthy and see what they could do, but last season they didn't impress me. Like, based off what I'm seeing – I would rather see those 10 teams in the playoffs. And even, you said the Panthers? Even, even the 49ers, when they haven't been healthy, have looked better than any team in the NFC. No, no offense <coughs> to the Eagles, but Carson Wentz has had a very bad year. And no. there, there are reasons to it. There are reasons, but when it comes down to it, they're still not a great football team this year. And I, I just think that the NFL is going to look at this and hear the complaints from the fans. And then again, Roger Goodell is a bit tone deaf, so who knows if he'll listen to his fans, but I do think that there is a case to be made for an NBA-type play. But then again, you look at it, and the NBA uh, divisions are useless. So that is, I think, what... Literally. I don't think they're useless. No, nah, they're not. Because uh, they face more teams inside the divisions. Yeah. It's, yeah, but when it comes down to it, like... Like the Knicks have to face the Raptors, 76ers, four times. Celtics. Yeah. For, uh, the for, Nets for schedule for scheduling purposes, it's useful. But when it comes down to it, you you never look into divisions because when it comes to it's the, the playoffs, first it's the first eight. And I think that that's what the NFL is trying to avoid by keeping this system. But I think you're downplaying how hard we play, and I don't like that because no, I'm not down. No, I, th- I'm not, I think I think you are because when we played, we played in our stretch of games. We got we we blew it against the Redskins. Fair assessment. We played terrible. We went to tie with the Bengals. Oh my God, I was so disgusted. We got blown out by the Rams. You played well against the Seahawks. We against you beat the Niners against the Steelers and the Ravens, who were top five defenses at the time. We put up a fight against both teams, both teams. So I don't think saying that you would rather see those ten teams. I think that's a bit crazy. I think we can walk in there and we can easily put up a fight against four or five of those teams you just named. I correct myself, not the Seahawks, the Steelers. Yeah, we, we could put up a fight against four or five of those teams you just named, and we beat one of those teams that you said looked better than us. So I, I think that's disrespectful to me, though. What are you going to say? I, I'm sick of you. You guys don't deserve a spot. That's what I'm going to say. And that do-rag, those are Jets colors, man. 
Those aren't the Eagles' colors. Your team hasn't won a game. Why don't we deserve but a look, spot? Look, you guys don't deserve a spot because I think a team that has a winning record should deserve a spot. And I, if you guys finish with the winning record, fine. I, I don't care. I'm all for okay. it. But if you finish with the losing record, okay, that's fair. get the yeah, NFC yeah. least the hell yeah, out of here. Judging, I don't want to see you guys that's fair, that's fair to say. That's judging fair to it say. right now, like, ba- even, even taking the injuries to account and everything, like, the Eagles have looked worse to me than the teams that I mentioned. Personally, that's just my take on it. And even it like even if you don't take all of those ten teams, there's still eight teams without taking into account the 49ers and another team that you mentioned. Um I think I said the Bears. There's still seven to eight teams that I think and you would probably agree deserve a playoff spot over them. Name the seven. Based based on what they've done this season up to this point. Definitely the Packers, yes. the Saints, the Bucks, yes. the Seahawks, the Cardinals. Yes. I would say the Rams. I would say okay. the Bears. Okay. And then it, it's a toss-up. The only one I would disagree with you is the Niners. Everybody else, that's fine. You said the Lions, too. I disagree with that, too. You said the Lions. I did. I, I think all, wow. all, all those last three teams, the Lions, the Panthers, the Niners, are the borderline teams, but... I think that they're on that level right now with the Eagles. Am I wrong? This is I mean, you watch them week in and week out. This is dis- <clears throat> so you don't think – so just to clarify, you guys think when we do get in – because we're going to win the division. When we do get into the playoffs, we're going to get skunked out. That's what you think. I don't know. It really depends on who you face. And it depends on where your health is at at that point in time. If you're at the same level of health that you are right now, I don't think you stand a chance against any of those teams that you'll face up against. But – that can change. That can change. That's interesting. That's interesting. You know, there's a bunch of guys that have been week-to-week decisions. Nobody really knows what's going to happen with them. So if you can get them back and, and start to get on a roll here, you know, you could finish with a winning record oh, mostly no. because look at the, you know, who, who you play. Seattle. Yeah, you play your play division Cleveland. a couple more times. You have some winnable games on your schedule, so it's not outlandish to say you could finish positive. But – you know, right now, based on what I've seen, I don't give the Eagles a chance in a playoff game. I, I think it's For, I think you know what you know what's crazy? I think it's fair to say if we don't finish with a winning record, that another team obviously should get the opportunity to get in there. I definitely agree. I think if those teams with the five and two records, if they have like a ten and six or eleven and five record and we're sitting there with like a seven and nine or whatever, I think, yeah, those teams should definitely get the right to go in. But I think regardless, I think the teams that you named, I think we can beat three or four of them at least in a playoff game. Like you're talking about the Bears. I think we can beat the Bears. I, I think we can beat the Bears. You talk about the Rams. I think we could beat the Rams. Who else you said? The Cardinals. I think we can beat the Cardinals. Now, the Seahawks, Green Bay, Saints, Bucks. No, they're probably going to destroy us. But I think. Are you talking about healthy or who you even are? If right we're, now? Even if, because we're getting healthy. You know, we just got Jalen Rieger back. We just got Dallas Goddard. So we're getting like. We're starting to gear up and get healthy, and everybody's starting to come back. So if we start to get healthy, and start yeah. To if you start to turn, games, if you start to turn around, this could be a totally different conversation next week. But I'm just speaking based on what we've seen up to this point. Oh yeah, we're absolutely horrible. You know what I'm saying? Like our quarterback. This could be a different discussion by the end of the year, by you know three weeks from now, 100. percent But just speaking on based on what I've seen right now. No, oh, yeah, we're bad, yeah. and a lot of that is based off our quarterback. He's played like complete shit, yeah. and it's just he's been horrible. He throw. He's holding the ball too long. He's making stupid bonehead plays. He's throwing extreme amount of interceptions. Mm. So it's just I don't and we, so, some of that does have to do with 
the injuries around him, but nah. mo- most he's of it, letting Travis Fogum down right now. Most of no, it I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I, I would last year I was defending him hard, but this year like I'm watching us play. He's just doing dumb stuff. Like, he's just throwing horrible, horrible passes, and a lot of. A lot of his, I guess his his head is just not in the game, and I he, guess he's hearing a lot of the criticism. He has not been the same since that injury. Yeah, he's gonna have to step it up for us to win. That's just how it's gonna be. I mean, I, I, I say this every week. Just I don't even care about your stats anymore. Just win, just win, just win, just win. I even said it yesterday. Like, all right, yeah, you played horrible. Just get the W. Just yeah. get the win, and we'll worry about that the next. So that's all I go for every week. Just get the win. We'll worry about it later. We'll fix it later. Just get the yeah. win. And you know, I'll be the first to give them credit if they do turn it around. Now we're going to go on to the last segment of the episode, NFL Pick'em, Week 9. You guys know how this goes. The Giants and the Bucks game is going on right now. You know now. how this goes. So this is going to be quick because I want to watch this fourth quarter, all right? I'm just warning you guys. Don't make this too long. <laughs> so first off, Packers versus 49ers. I have... Oh, yeah, it just started. You're good. I have the Packers beating the 49ers. I think the 49ers have beaten the last two times. This is a game that the Packers win. I agree. I think uh, with Jimmy Hurt, George Kittle's out, Raheem Col- Moster's out, yeah, they're done. So I would pick the Packers. Yeah, I don't even know. Is Jimmy G playing next week? I don't Do think we so. Know he's out next six C- weeks. C- no, eight. Jimmy G? That's George this? Kittle. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So, well, but with C.J. Berthard isn't bad. None like, nonetheless, with, oh, the injuries, with the injuries they're dealing with, Kittle out, you know, the they're defense starting Nick has Mullins. the injuries. Mostert out. I'm going Packers. Texans versus Jaguars. I have the Texans in that one. I'm also going Texans. Yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna just go safe pick. I'm gonna say Texans. Uh, there is no safe pick. Yeah, Texas. <laughs> Texans. Next game: Giants versus Washington. Washington. I have Washington winning this game. They, I'm gonna go Giants. They're, They're to... putting up a fight with the Bucks right now. They've looked pretty. They're trying solid. to steal a division from us. So and I don't know. Washington is very inconsistent. I'm gonna go. I'll go, I'll go Giants. I'll go Washington. Next game, Ravens versus Colts. Uh, I have the Ravens in this one. I'm going to take Ravens. I'm also going Ravens. I, I, think th- I thought back. for sure you were going to pick Colts. Yeah, I thought he was too. He has no, to. I thought he was going to pick them. I think, I think, no, I just hiccup. I uh, think, <laughs> think Phil Rivers is going to struggle with that defense. Yeah, I think I so think too. Ravens going to bounce back. Lions versus Vikings is the next game. I think the Vikings are feeling it after last week in their own little momentum ride, so I'm going to take the Vikings this week. I'm going Lions. I just don't think the Vikings are a good team. I think that the Lions are solid. They just have very poor luck this season, but I'll go Lions. I think the Vikings win this game. The Lions looked bad against the Colts yesterday. I think the Vikings win. Dalvin Cook was killing yesterday. Bears versus Titans. I I have the Bears in this one. I'm not a believer in the Bears. They didn't. They don't impress me. So I'm gonna go ahead and go with Tennessee. I'm gonna go Tennessee. I think they need a a wake up call. They need to get a win here. And Mike Vrabel is gonna have his guys coming in fired up. It's in Tennessee. If it was in Chicago, it might change my opinion because playing in Chicago is like a different universe. But I'm gonna go Tennessee. They need a win. I, I I'll count on Mike Vrabel here. Next game: Panthers versus Chiefs. I have the Chiefs. 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 Next <laughs> game is the Seahawks versus Bills. I'm gonna take I Russell have Wilson. the Bills in this game. Really? Really? Wow. I'm gonna go Russell Wilson in this game. I think I'm, I'm gonna take. Wait, where is it in Buffalo? It's in Buffalo. So you never know what's going on it's in Buffalo. Freezing. Um. No, nah, I'm gonna go Seahawks. Still. I'm going Seahawks. Broncos versus Falcons. Broncos. I have the Falcons in this one. I think the Broncos are riding that win. I'm gonna take the Broncos. 
I'm going to go Falcons. I wasn't impressed by the Broncos, even with that comeback. I don't know. I, I thought it was a little fluky. The Chargers <laughs> defense really gave up way too much in the second half. Drew Locke. I'm still not sold on Drew Locke. Everybody sold on Drew Locke. I'm still not I sold on I just like his him. swag. I'm going Falcons. Raiders versus Chargers. I got the Raiders in this one. I think that's going to be actually a really good game. I'm going to go Chargers. I think they're in a similar spot right now. I think it's going to be a really good game, but I'm going to go Chargers. I think Burrow's going to have another great day and lead him to the victory. Dolphins versus Cardinals. I have I have the Cardinals in this one. Hey, I'm going to go Cardinals in this one too. I'm going to go Dolphins. I thought they looked really good just last like, week against a, a just, good team in the Rams. The, just, more, just like the opposite, more importantly, the defense looked really good. And, you know, Kyle Murray, he's been a little bit of a seesaw ride this year. He looked great, and then he went through a wild. tough stretch. He looked great against the Seahawks. I, I, it's going to be a good matchup, I think. I'm going to go Dolphins. Steelers versus Cowboys. I have the Steelers. Steelers in the debate. It's not even close. Saints. Who's even Ben DiNucci playing quarterback again? Probably. He outplayed Carson Wentz. Saints versus Bucks. I have the Bucks. If Michael Thomas plays, I'm riding with the Saints. If he doesn't play, I'm going to ride with the Bucks. I'm still. Not sold on this Bucks he's talking about. So. I'm gonna, mm, mm, I'm gonna go Bucks. There, I don't like how they're looking against the Giants right now. At least just watching this, the scoreboard because we're not great watching offense, right now. Right? I'm gonna, I'm still gonna go Bucks though. Jets versus Patriots. I have the Patriots. Stop asking us about Jets game. I have the Patriots. It shouldn't even be a question. Yeah. All right, so this does it for this episode of the Pickers. That's a podcast. Monday night game. Uh, yeah, it's an embarrassment. Yeah. So this does it for this episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. In the pack. We want to thank you for watching. Also, subscribe on our YouTube channel at Pick Aside. Follow us on Instagram at Pick Aside Podcast and on TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast as well. Thank you guys for watching or listening and see you next time. Hey guys, this is Al Galdi from the Al Galdi Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show that you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand its team podcast network and business operations. Now, Blue Wire is raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand its sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be a part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash blue wire. That's wefunder.com slash blue wire.